AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Grain futures tested overhead resistance, but most contracts rejected the higher prices and turned at least slightly lower on the day. Soybean meals, lower close, yeah, they made it difficult for any of the markets to work higher. Cattle complex was lower, and the lean hog market posted a third consecutive higher close. Live on an afternoon of love via Farm <laughs> Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. Our guest analyst is Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady. We'll hear the news from Michelle Rook. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Dave Davis. Jeez, Joe. Wow, here we are, an afternoon of love, huh? Woo! Man, I hope all you guys uh, have have got done. What you needed to get done, you've got the presents bought. They're wrapped. It doesn't work to just deliver them in a Walmart bag. Speaking from experience, <laughs> that that does not always work. Um, just I hope I hope you did something. I hope you did something. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are here for the conversation that we are going to have with Brian Grady. Brian is the editor of pro farmer and i'm looking forward to the conversation with brian as well okay so davis uh is taking the day off and in for davis is michelle rook michelle hey there how are things good 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 happy valentine's day well thank you i appreciate that happy valentine's day to you as well so i did the flowers i did the cheesecake i did a nice card i i think i did pretty good Oh, that's great. I think uh, we had a red Valentine's Day on the green board today, too. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot of good going on there. It seems like when soybean meal turned lower on the day, it just kind of took the air out of all the markets. Is is that what you were thinking? It felt that way. It did. And we've run up into chart resistance in a lot of these charts, too. So that's for sure. Amazingly. Amazingly. I mean, it's the 14th of February. Yeah. Middle of February. And here we are with soybean futures well over 15 bucks. Um, This corn market still hanging in the 680 range. You got the new crop contract banging on the door at six bucks again. Yeah. It just seems kind of uh, I'll admit, Michelle, I scratch my head every day looking at a six dollar new crop market thinking to myself, what am I missing? Yeah. And there's a lot of the market analysts that I talk to that say the same thing that keep telling producers, hey, we need to do some risk management. But I was just talking to Garrett Toy from Ag Trader Talk, yeah. who I know you have on, and yeah. he said he can't get farmers to do much right now. So right. that's kind of a right. tough situation. The, uh, Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, had him on the show yesterday. He's saying the same thing, yep. that that on the new crop, farmers still are, are bulled up. Uh, very hesitant to do anything on the on the sell side, At, especially if you're committing to a delivery. They, yeah, they don't seem to want to do that. I know, I know. Yep. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, we always try to sell on the way down. 
Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got, Michelle? Well, like we said, kind of a red day in the grains. SRW wheat futures did open lower, rallied to test buying interest above yesterday's highs, and then turned back to the downside to post a session low close. Resistance in March SRW wheat now stands at the December 30th high of 799, so right below that psychological $8 mark. Yeah. March HRW futures also opened lower, rallied to the highest level since November 25th, then fell back to close near session lows. Mid-morning price gains were driven by uncertainty over the grain export deal between Russia and Ukraine. Late price pressure may have been tied to the precipitation in the central and southern plains. March HRW wheat futures were six and a quarter cents lower at 906. March SRW wheat down six at 786, and March spring wheat closed at 932, and we're up one and a quarter cents there. Yeah, the uh, the good point about bumping up against the psychological levels of resistance too, because here we are, we got that HRW contract, uh, the old crop, just over nine bucks. Finally. Yeah, if if it maintains. If it maintains, that's going to be changing some attitudes more and and potentially make it a little easier to build some upside momentum. Yeah, hopefully we do that. And then maybe wheat's the catalyst that can help pull corn. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. March corn futures did open lower, then rallied to within one and a quarter cents of resistance at the January 31st high, 688 and a half. March corn posted a near session low close after spending the entire session above that pivotal 680 level. Pro farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordier cut his Brazilian corn crop estimate 2 million metric tons to 123 million. That's the result of planting delays, and he also trimmed his Argentina corn crop about a million metric tons to 43 million metric tons. Mexico will reportedly stick with its plan to ban imports of GMO corn for food use. That also contributed to the setback from session highs. And March corn futures closed out the day two and three quarters since lower, 682 and a quarter. July futures at 667 and three quarters, down one and a half cents. Yeah, I don't think we did anything too serious on the chart side, but uh, anytime we take a bite out of momentum, it, it uh, you got to find a way to get it back. Yeah, and I was asking, Gary, you know, how many times do you, you know, when you start coiling these markets and you keep hitting up against your head against resistance, how long do you do that before traders just say, eh, I'm going to give up on it? So. Yeah. Yeah, um, let's move to soybeans. Unwinding of those long soybean meal, uh, short soybean oil spreads, which have been going one direction one day, one direction the other Mm -hmm. day, it seems like, help March bean oil post an inside trading day with a close above the opening range, while soybean meal closed below the opening range. March soybean futures opened slightly lower, tried to rally, then fell through supported yesterday's low. Dr. Cordier from Soy and Corn Advisor cut his Argentine bean crop estimate, 2 million metric tons, to 36 million and left the Brazilian beef crop unchanged at 151. Now, wet conditions and harvest-ready areas of Brazil are delaying movement, but Brazilian bean prices are now priced at a discount to U.S. beans for March and April shipment, and that could make it pretty difficult to maintain some of the upside price momentum. March beans settled a five and a quarter cents lower, fifteen thirty-seven and a half. The July fifteen nineteen and a quarter down six and a quarter cents. Yeah, I don't want to say that we did much chart damage at all to the market today. Just a no. a little bit of a setback in here. No, and we still got meal above that five hundred dollar yep. mark, so that's pretty key. Uh, the March cotton futures we were twenty-four points lower there today at eighty-five forty. Over in the uh, 
Cattle sector beef processors appear to be struggling to fill near-term needs for cattle, which is traders looking for strength in the cash market to support live cattle futures. We have had over 100,000 negotiated uh, numbers last week. That was big. April futures opened lower, fell to support at 164, then rallied to close above the opening range. But April cattle were 42.5 cents lower on the day, 164, 67 and a half. And March feeders were 55 cents lower at 186.65. Finally, the cash lean hog index is trending higher. And so April lean hog futures are building in expectations of a spring rally. April futures posted a low range open and a high range close for a second consecutive day, putting the market within range of resistance at the January 27th high of 88.32 and a half. April hogs were 90 cents higher at 87.25. Yeah, we've got a long ways to go to get that $74 cash index back up to yeah, where the... Uh, pretty good premium what, now with yeah, that going that off the, the April board. contracts got. Yep, absolutely. We'll talk to Brian Grady about that. Michelle, thank you so much. You All right. That is Michelle Rook. Uh, be sure to check out her market reports three times a day at agweb.com. Brian Grady, Pro Farmer Editor, up next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us this afternoon for a conversation with today's guest analyst, Brian Grady. Editor at Pro Farmer Newsletter. Beej, welcome back, buddy. How are you? Great, Chip. How are you? Doing just fine. Just fine. It's kind of an ugly day out there today, though, isn't it? I'm glad it's not all snow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little, little rain, uh, overcast, and, and quite dreary, like yep. you mentioned. So. Yep. Yep. Like I said, I'm, I'm just glad it's not all snow. Let's uh, let's talk about this cattle market and 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 kick it off there because the every week we start off on Monday with expectations of strength in the cash market. Now it took about three of those to actually find the strength in the cash market. What what's going on? What's the trend? What's the driving factors here? Well, uh, you know, Packers, they slow played everything for, for weeks. Uh, so right before the holidays, all the way up until a couple of weeks ago, they, they 
slow played stuff and it worked in their favor and, and they got cattle bought at uh, cheaper prices on a weekly basis uh that changed a couple of weeks ago and and uh again last week and and we anticipate that uh there will be extended uh cash uh negotiations again this week and that they'll come in firmer again um really the underlying here factor is that uh, the supplies are just tight uh, yeah. So Packers slow played it as long as they could, and they drug things out uh, because of the holiday schedules and, and stuff like that. But uh, now, you know, we've got a large amount of Packers competing for a tightening supply of market-ready animals, and uh, feedlots are current, and uh, so, you know, everything points to higher cash prices. But, you know, the trader, uh, they continue to be rather cautious. Uh, they do have some premium built into the uh, the front end of the market, uh, um, but it isn't super aggressive at this point in time, given that we've had some unfavorable weather uh, over the past month or so uh, throughout the uh, plains. And, and so uh, they could be more aggressive, uh, but they're taking a, a rather cautious approach. Yeah. Um, Michelle mentioned it in the news that last week it was pretty good volume in the cash, like 100,000 negotiated cash trade. That's, that's putting leverage back in the feed yard's hands. Yeah, uh, so maybe not this week as much. I, I think Packers um, might try to buy uh, or try to drag things out and, and see if they'll get any takers on the, the feedlot side at uh, Steady Weaker. Um, I doubt if that's going to be the case because they are current. Uh, but that the volume last week was the biggest since November. So, um, you know, really bought a lot of cattle. But, uh, you know, just the feedlots are in a good negotiating spot here. Okay. So that's the supply side of the beef market. What about the demand side? Everything holding up here? Yeah, relatively well. Um, you know, I, I'm not too concerned on the demand side. I don't I don't think, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is probably going to be the exports. Now, USDA forecasts a big decline in beef exports, 12.6% uh, down uh, from year ago. Uh, so, but last year's number was, was strong. Jeez. So you keep, you know, everything has to be, um, in perspective here and and so year over year the the decline china is going to be the big one there we've seen chinese beef demand back off and and the flip side is they're buying more u.s pork so they're starting to pick up their pork purchases um you know and and it's kind of give and take there between the two markets yeah it, it seems like uh, whenever we talk about some tougher economic times whether it be slow growth or or inflation and BJ, we haven't had to talk about inflation like for your entire career. <laughs> we we haven't had to talk that much about inflation, but here we are, and the ability of the the U.S. consumer to may, to remain res, resilient in their food demand is pretty impressive. And I don't just mean quantity of food; I mean the quality. They're still buying beef. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we see it in times when uh, the inflation kicks in at its highest, um, where we call it a hamburger economy, where, yeah. you know, instead of buying the steaks uh, and the higher end cuts, uh, you know, we see more ground beef uh, purchased and those types of things. You can stretch that a little bit further than you can a steak and, and mm -hmm. those types of things. So the consumer gets creative. Uh, you know, we saw it during 2020 with the uh, the COVID uh, supply yep. restrictions and, and stuff like that. And, and prices increased then. And, and uh, you know, what it did at that point in time was it, it forced the American consumer to learn to cook at home again. And uh, they adapted to that. And, and you know, the 
restaurant demand has uh, picked up, but uh, you know, we're still seeing uh, more at-home cooking, I think, than uh, than what we did uh, previously or prior to COVID. And and so yeah. the American consumer is uh, very adaptive to the uh, the situation. Yeah. Okay, what did you make of the CPI report that was out this morning? Up six point four percent year on year. Yeah, re- elevated. Uh, yeah. It's it declined. Uh, it's declined. Um, for seven straight months. So uh, we are seeing inflation at the consumer level ease, uh, also at the producer level, and we'll get those uh, set of data on Thursday. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think you, you look at the uh, the core CPI, um, it was up 5.6% uh, versus 5.7% in December. Um, so that declined as well. Food prices, uh, you know, they jumped a, a half a percentage point uh, in January and 10.1% annually. Uh, grocery store prices were up 11.3% versus a year ago, and, and the restaurant prices were up 8.2%. So uh, we still see that food imp- food price inflation out there um, that is a factor, um, you know, but we've got to eat. And, and the bottom line is that, uh, you know, other things – uh, textiles and, and you know non-essentials are, are the ones that suffer more than than the food because yeah. uh, you know honestly you can go have without a pair of jeans new pair of jeans you, you're not necessarily going to go without food right and and uh, you know um, we're fortunate enough here in the United States uh, f- for the most part and, and I know there are um, those that uh, yeah. suffer from uh, lack of food but uh, you know we eat three square meals a day still Um generally and uh that that still remains the case even when there's inflation you just have to cut in in other areas yep yep okay let's go over to hogs uh third consecutive higher close in the april contract wasn't much on friday big move on monday and some follow-through on that big move when we actually closed higher today higher today in april hogs you could have knocked me over with a feather because I figured after the big gain yesterday, we'd see a setback today. Yeah, they're they're starting to respond to the the move up in cash, and and the cash market has clearly put in a, a seasonal low now, uh, and it it should climb into somewhere into midsummer, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be up every single day. Uh, it won't, uh, or even you know that we won't have minor setbacks, but uh, uh, just seasonally, uh, the trend-wise, it'll be up into midsummer as we tighten up the supplies, and and so we do have some premium uh, built into the spring and, and summer contracts. It, it's now a question of how much premium those traders want to build and how aggressive they want to get, and and uh, you know I I think a lot of it's going to come down to the slider numbers. So we've been trending heavier than than what USDA indicated in the December hogs and pigs report so there's some questions about whether they underreported uh, some of those numbers um yeah barring a, a major revision in march i, I think that uh, you know everything should be okay and and we continue higher seasonally like i said it's just a matter of how much premium they want to build in but when you look at uh, june hogs that we'll call it 105 bucks um, it still looks cheap compared to what where it was last year uh, with the slaughter numbers projected to be down about two percent yeah Okay. You know, the, the hog market, and we've talked about this a hundred times, but that hog market likes to make $10 moves. Uh, getting it back into that 92, 92, 50 range would get us right back to that pivot point that we've been dealing with basically since the October price recovery. We could shoot right back up into that 92, 50 area and kind of hang in there in that April contract. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a decent, uh, you know, target. I, I wouldn't roll out a move to new highs, uh, to be honest with you, if the thing okay. gets rolling. Because, like you mentioned, the the funds are, are pretty powerful in that market, and so you get those big price swings. And, uh, you know, if the momentum gets rolling on the bull side, um, you could be back to the highs or, or above uh, in a blink of an eye before you even know anything really happened. Uh, so um, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, no guarantees on that front. But, uh, so you know, that type of move wouldn't surprise me. We had big basing action here for about two months, and, and it's starting to show some signs of breaking out of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Um, demand side of hogs, pork. How how are things looking there? Yeah, uh, pretty solid. Uh, you know, the, the pork exports are expected to inch up just a couple uh, tenths of a percent uh, in 2023 versus last year. Uh, China's the key, obviously, there, and, and uh, how much they increase, uh, you know, their pork purchases. Now, by all accounts, um, you know, their, their hog industry has recovered from the, uh, the African swine fever and, and really starting to build again. Um, but their pork import numbers tell us they're importing more as well because their consumer prices are up and they have to control those. Yeah. All right. We are in the middle of a conversation with Brian Grady. Brian is the editor at Pro Farmer. We're going to switch over to the grains when we come back, talk about the influence of the South American production estimates on uh, on the price outlook and acreage here in the U.S. That's coming up next on Agriculture. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. It's time for news of note from Pro Farmer. China wants an explanation for the U.S. high-altitude balloons. China's foreign ministry said the U.S. had released more than 10 high-altitude balloons since May 2022, which then illegally flew into the airspace of that and other countries. France's ag ministry slightly increases its estimate for the wheat-seeded area for the 2023 harvest. India is likely to produce 32.15 million bales of cotton in 2022-23, down 2.7% from an earlier estimate. The Biden administration said Monday it is selling, selling, selling 26 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at a time when the rest of the country is wondering when we're going to refill it. That's Pro Farmer's News of Note. Give Pro Farmer a try. Try ProFarmer.com.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. We are in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Mr. Brian Grady, the editor at ProFarmer. Before we get back to Brian, I'll go ahead and recap how the markets close. March HRW wheat futures were six and a quarter cents lower at 906. March SRW wheat down six cents to 786. March corn futures two and three quarter cents lower at 682 and a quarter. July corn futures closed at 667 and three quarters down one and one half cents. March beans five and a quarter cents lower, 1537 and a half. July soybeans closed at 1519 and a quarter down six and one quarter cents. March cotton 24 points lower, 8540. April cattle 42 and one half cents lower at 164.67 and a half. And uh, March feeders, 55 cents lower, 186.65. April hogs, 90 cents higher at 87.25. Okay. Brian Grady and I covered the uh, livestock markets in the last segment. We're going to move over to the grain side of things. Dr. Cordonier continues to whittle away at that Argentine bean crop, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's not the only one. Uh, yeah. it, it just keeps, you know, it's a case of a small crop getting smaller. Uh, the question now is how small does it get and, and do we overshoot it to the downside? Um, so, uh, but really, you know, the crop stress has just been pretty persistent through the growing season. And you get to a point uh, um, when we're flowering and, and filling, setting pods and filling pods and, and those types of things where uh, you get, you know, it's not repairable at uh, some point in time. And we're already there on some of the crop, and, and that's why it continues to shrink here. Yeah, it's brought some volatility and some uh, speculative participation into the soy complex and that oil meal spread, hasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the meal market, I, I think there's no doubt that, uh, you know, $500 front-end uh, uh, meal futures, that's driven by Argentina. Argentina accounts for about 40% of global uh, meal trade. So uh, just, you know, absolutely huge influence on the meal market and, and uh, big soy oil exporter as well. But, uh, you know, meal's been the, the primary beneficiary. Yeah. You know, the soybean oil market, you just mentioned it, it, it uh, had such a huge run-up uh, last year. And here we are trading back in the in the nearby contracts in the very low 60-cent range. We've, we've had a 50 handle in soybean oil here recently. Is If we stay in the 60-cent range, 60 to 65-cent range even, Brian, I can't back off of the expectations on the on renewable diesel and and the biodiesel much at all because that's an attractive price for the refiners. Yeah, and that's really what got the market uh you know probably over exuberant last year. Um yeah. you know when we ran up just a huge run up in prices and and uh, uh you know oil was 
clearly the leader. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that that air's kind of come out of the bubble a little bit here. And, and uh, I, I think now you go back to, okay, what are the fundamentals? So you, you've taken the, the exuberance out of the market, and now it, it's going to be based on market fundamentals. and, and uh, um, But like you said, uh, there's incentive there now. Um, so we'll, we'll see what the, the usage is as we move forward. Uh, it, it's probably very similar to what, uh, you know, when we talked about ethanol back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I think it was two, yeah. 2005 when it started. Yeah. You didn't know what the target was going to be. You just knew it was going to be higher year over yep. year. Um, and you got into that pattern for many, many years. And, and it's probably similar situation uh, with the soybean oil use and, and uh, for the renewables. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of overshooting, uh, USDA, with its crush estimate, may have overshot earlier because they pulled that, pulled that back 15 million bushels in the February supply and demand report. To me, it seems like a capacity issue, Brian. They're just they're just estimating how much we can actually crush right now. Yeah, um, so we got a new number tomorrow. NOPA, NOPA will be out with their yep. uh, January data tomorrow. That'll be an interesting one because we've got month after month of, of where the number doesn't meet up with expectations. And it might be a case the expectations are too high uh, because the supplies are sure there, the, the margins are positive. Um, so everything suggests that we should be crushing more than we are, uh, but maybe it's just that the expectations are too high. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, if the number, again, is, is disappointing tomorrow, then maybe we have to dial back just a little bit on the crush. If it comes in, at, you know, positive, then, then possibly. Uh, we would basically have to... Um, run at a record pace every month from here forward to the end of the marketing year to get to USDA's number right now. So it, it's possible, um, you know, not uh, not super highly probable based on where we've been running to this point. Okay. Let's stay on domestic demand. This We get our, our weekly ethanol production uh, report again tomorrow. It, they, they've pulled back on that in the supply and demand report as well. It took 25 million bushels off of corn for ethanol demand. Is that a trend that continues? Uh, yeah, we, we've got to watch that one. You know, December was a rough month um, because of the weather issues and, and things like that. And, and uh, you know, January um, to some degree as, as well, not as rough as what uh, December was. But uh, so we'll have to watch those weekly numbers and, and kind of project them out on a monthly basis and then see what USDA gives us. Now, uh, keep in mind that USDA's data on both soybean crush and, and corn for ethanol use is, is a month behind everything else. So, the you know, all the yeah. industry numbers are are out well in front of of what usda's actual um, numbers are gotcha gotcha okay how does all of this influence the planted acreage uh numbers for for 2023 well for corn we're still 91 million um so we feel pretty comfortable with that we've been at that figure since uh october and uh, have maintained there. Uh, you know, some are in that 92, 93, even maybe up to 94. I think that that's just way too many corn acres, to be honest with you. Um, 91, 91 and a half, somewhere in there. Soybeans, uh, we're at 89 and a half and, and uh, feel pretty comfortable with that number. And, and we've been there for a while, too. Now, um, you know, keep in mind, we, we did a lot of uh, fall field work and mm-hmm. put down anhydrous and, and yeah. those types of things. So those acres are decided. Uh, uh, I would say somewhere 10 to 20 percent of acres uh, went into wintertime undecided and, and may go into spring. You know, new crop price ratios 
have an influence. Uh, fertilizer prices have an influence. Um, you know, just flat market price has an influence. Uh, but the number one overriding thing that, especially here in the the central corn belt, is crop rotations. And uh, you know, yeah. we just don't get away from that. Now, you get down into the south, and and yes, and and we we know we're losing cotton acres. It's a matter of how many acres we're losing. Uh, National Cotton Council came out with their estimate at 11.4 million acres, so that would be down to 0.3 million acres uh, from year ago. Uh, winter wheat got some of those acres. Um, corn, soybeans, uh, you know, NCC uh, surveys its uh, producers yep. in in terms of uh, what they'll plant. Uh, if they aren't planting cotton and uh, corn, soybeans and, and wheat were the, the three primaries that uh, were listed or noted by farmers. Yeah, absolutely. That that the availability, I think, av- availability of some southern acres for corn and soybeans. Could that get us over 180 million combined acres? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, yeah, it could. Um, I we haven't strayed much above that chip, and and I know that mm-hmm. there's always forecasts out there that you know it's yep. going to get to 184 and 183 and all that, and we yeah. just we just don't. Uh, 180, right. 181, somewhere in that range uh, seems like the the really comfort spot. Uh, yep. Once again, that doesn't mean that it can't go higher than that, but that's kind of where we've landed on a consistent basis. Right. Okay. So. What's your attitude towards uh, the risk management side of things? Start on the 22 crop. I mean, is is the urgency high to have uh, downside price risk covered? Uh, I don't think it's super high, uh, to be honest with you. But then you look at the flat price and you say, well, <laughs> it's it's hard yeah. to argue with with 15 35 with 1537 i guess on the close today yep. for march soybeans uh 682 for corn um boy you either have to have some sold or have some risk management plans in place when when prices are at those levels because we just haven't shown the ability to to hold at those levels yep. uh for long periods of time right um you know and and i think that that's probably the number one overriding factor is that uh um you can't get more bullish as prices rise. And, and so if you haven't made some moves, the question then becomes, why haven't you? Yep. Yep. That's right. Do you hear me? I go preach it. You cannot yeah. get oh, yeah. more, <laughs> more bullish yeah. as, as the market goes up. And, you know, quite frankly, it, here we are. It, we've dipped below it since, oh, geez, what's the date that we went above it? Jan, uh, December 27th. We climbed back above 15 bucks for the first time since summer. We've had a couple of dips below it, but this move above 15 bucks is starting to get a little long in the tooth. And well, you know, Brazil's producing a record crop. There's no doubt yeah. about that. This this is largely driven by Argentina, um, and you know, and, and our export window is, is closing or should be closing soon because that Brazilian new crop supply will hit the world market. So. Um, we're we're getting like you said kind of long in the tooth here with $15 plus prices. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um just uh what do you, we I I'm not even going to ask because we're out of time. I was going to ask you what you're going to be watching here over the next 30 days most closely, but it's got to be what happens down in South America, isn't it? A- absolutely. And then okay. you know, weather as we get into spring planning. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. 
Brian, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. I'll be back to wrap up today's AgriTalk in a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Willowwood Glufosinate 280SL, as low as $53, a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at fbn.com slash direct ends February 28th. Price is subject to change. TNC applied. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us. I think we've got Michelle Rook with us. Michelle? Yep, I'm still here. Excellent. Excellent. Um, interesting conversation with Brian about what's going on in the cattle market and how the processors, packers, kind of slow played their hand basically from before the holidays, before the first of the year, until just a couple of weeks ago when they finally did bid up. Um, he, Brian also made the comment that feedlots are current. I think that's accurate, don't you? Yeah, I think it is. And the other thing that a lot of the cattle guys tell me that is an indication that they slow played this thing and now are having to catch up, they're already trying to bid for cattle supplies for June and July. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Cereal? Yep. Wow. That's what the guys are telling me. That That is looking out there. And what cattle that were sold last week, it, it, as I understand it, they're no more than... T- after today, they're no more than ten days from the knife, so they 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 had a hole to fill, didn't they? Yeah, and it was interesting to see the big negotiated totals this last week over a hundred thousand. When you know, usually the first of the month is when they start pulling from their formula cattle, right. and right. usually they don't need as many negotiated. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah, yep. Um, feedlot conditions. It sounds like they're still, they're not terrible. It's not a typical winter on feedlot conditions. So the cattle are coming in, number one, fairly clean. And number two, we're still getting a good number of choice and prime animals into the system. Yeah. Back up a couple of weeks, though, and that wasn't the case. And that was the other reason why the Packers got a little leverage was because the guys up in the north, especially Nebraska and those feedlots, where it actually ended up being really muddy, they just wanted to get some of those cattle gone. So they lost their leverage those couple weeks where we maybe okay. saw a little bit of a slide in that cash price because of weather. Okay, gotcha. 
Gotcha. This morning, I don't think we've got the afternoon update yet, but uh, this morning the box beef market, choice graded uh, heavyweight boxes, up another two dollars and twenty four cents a hundred. Um, they're at two seventy two nineteen as of this morning. Boy, there's it. That doesn't look like much of a slowdown in demand at the at the uh, wholesale level at all. No, most of the uh, really. I would say tightly connected cattle sources that I have say that demand has still been really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of phenomenal to you when you think about the how much more an average family is spending on a weekly basis for not just groceries. You got to throw the gasoline in there. Um, daycare is more expensive. Um everything is more expensive than what it was a year ago. But the demand for the whole muscle, high quality cuts is still very good. Now I, okay. uh, I I, I might partake in a little bit of social media from time to time, looking for the antidotes and, and, and uh, uh, trying to figure out um, where consumers heads are right now. Some of the younger consumers that rely more on restaurant fare than I do are claiming that you cannot duplicate some of the dishes that are purchased from uh, places like Applebee's, uh, Chipotle. Uh, There's a couple others that, that some of these influencers tried to replicate dishes and they say that they can't do it as cheaply at home as they can going out and just buying it from the restaurant now. No, I would believe that when you look at what the price point is at the store and yeah. go to the restaurant, they are still offering pretty good value. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. That must be, yeah. That must be without a couple of drinks or something. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Oh, shoot. All right, Michelle. Well, hey, thank you so much for sitting in today and no bringing, your, uh, uh, bringing your thoughts on this cattle market to us, uh, something that we need to stay on top of yeah. very much. All right. Thanks. You bet. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to be on the road tomorrow. It's just a travel day. I'm going to be heading for Louisville and the National Farm Machinery Show on Thursday morning. If you're going to be in Louisville, you got to swing by the Great Plains booth for the AM show. We're going to have a conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. If if I can if I can keep the uh, autograph seekers away from Greg Peterson, uh, we're going to have him on the morning show. And Ken Ferry, good grief, what a lineup right there! Uh, Greg Peterson and Farm Journal agronomist Ken Ferry from Crop Tech, Hayward, Illinois. Uh, looking forward to the conversation with those guys. And then on Thursday afternoon, we are going to be at Ag Leader. So stop by the Ag Leader booth. Would love to have a conversation with you there. We're going to have uh, uh, have a conversation with Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage. And Andrew Jackson, Producers Hedge, is going to be stopping by. They will both. They will both be fresh off the stage at uh, Tyne Morgan's taping of U.S. Farm Report. So you can go to the U.S. Farm Report taping between 2 and 3 
Eastern Time. And then come on over to the Ag Leader booth between 3 and 4 for the PM version or the PM AgriTalk. And we'll have a great old time. So Davis, like I said, is going to be uh, uh, keeping the conversation going tomorrow morning. And he'll be doing that with the Farmer Forum. Um, Another tragic event took place last night. East Lansing. Michigan, uh, Michigan State University. It's it's hard to to put into words the the feelings that you have when something like this happens. And uh, but all all I can say is thoughts and prayers out to all of the Michigan State family. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to anybody that is feeling some pain and anguish from another shooting. There, three dead, five critically wounded. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are out to them all. Join Davis tomorrow morning right here on Agritalk.